Hey everybody, this is Pastor Cor Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. Uh, If you have a Bible today, you have a notepad. You come to Bible study today to take notes, which I hope you did. Amen. I hope you came ready to take some notes today because I feel like teaching. Uh, Turn to the book of Ephesians, and we're going to read from Ephesians today uh, and just get the whole book ready. Um, And I'll, I'll begin today in Ephesians 2, and I'll begin in just a moment. The Lord is concerned with how we behave. Amen. I want to draw significant attention to that this morning, that the Lord is concerned with how we behave. The Lord is concerned with how you behave. Your your behavior uh, tells us what you believe, and what you do is louder than what you say. And we all know that uh, the old adage is that actions... Speak louder than words. Amen. That's a good amen corner right there. Actually, speak louder than words. What what you do uh, determines uh, what you believe and how you behave. And most of the New Testament, especially in Paul's writing, Paul writes a lot in orthodoxy and orthopraxy, right believing and right behavior. Uh, That if you believe right, then you will act right. And if you believe good, you'll act good. A lot of times that, uh, you know, we... We come up on people and you and you see situations in people's lives and, and we look at a lot of times the debauchery of the world and things that are going on <clears throat> and it's, it's not surprising. It's not surprising when uh, people of the world and people of carnality do what they do but then sometimes you know you're surprised that people who you thought were people of God, Christians so to speak. And a lot of times, especially in our world today, that's like almost like a, and, and I got you. And they're like, oh, well, I thought you were a Christian. You know, it's almost like a, I got you. You know, people, I thought you were a man of God. I, I am a man of God, but I'm also a human as well. And I, I am a Christian, but I'm also, you know, I make mistakes like everybody else. Just because you say you're a Christian don't mean all of a sudden abracadabra could do, you're perfect. Amen. And that that concept of, of behavior is, is, is seen all throughout uh, our society and we understand it on many levels, not only, not only with, with, with God and Christianity and spirituality, so to speak, but we see it on many levels that, you know, if you, if you believe a certain way, that, that belief is going to control the behavior, that you would behave a certain way. Um, and so uh, today I want to teach you a lesson, and I want to talk about uh, the title of my lesson today is Walkie Talkie. And I don't know if they had time to, to put it up on the screen yet. But I want to talk about walkie-talkie. And uh, when I was a kid, we used to have walkie-talkies. The W-A-L-K-I-E, T-A-L-K-I-E, all right? And walkie-talkie, when you had a walkie-talkie, you was really something special. You, you, was, you was bad to the bone when you had a walkie-talkie, especially if, it, if you had a walkie-talkie that worked. <laughs> because a lot of times it was just like we was just close enough to hear each other over and out. Uh, 
But that walkie-talkie really didn't work. I remember getting a walkie-talkie as a child, and uh, my dad, because we lived on Fort, we lived in Spring Lake, North Carolina, which is right next to Fort Bragg. And so my dad had a couple guys uh, in one of the units that went to our church, uh, some of the F6 guys who deal with supply. He, he asked them if, if there was a way that he, he could get some military-grade walkie-talkies for his boys. So one of these guys from S6 came, and he brought some old walkie they're about to get rid of or whatever, and these things were bad to the bone. They were massive. They weighed like five pounds a piece, and they had a little turning knob on them. And I remember the guy telling my dad, he said, look, you know, the kids can use them, you know, around the house, whatever. He's like, but they, they need to just, like, stay on, like, this channel. Because if they get close, you know, like, they, you know, they could be listening on stuff they probably shouldn't be listening on, whatever. You know, like, these are walkie-talkies. There's certain frequencies we shouldn't use, whatever. And so when my dad was giving us the walkie-talkies, he explained that to us. Like, hey, like, you know, y'all be careful with walkie-talkies. So that was, like, game for us. Like, oh, I'm going to try every channel now. When are we bombing China? Like, I'm trying to find out. Like, we're trying to, what's, what's going on? And uh, we mess with those things. But, but they, they really worked. Like, they worked for real. And we would be, like, literally, uh, where I grew up, I grew up next to the church. Uh, I grew up, I, I lived in a parsonage beside the church until I was 16 years old. So, like, there's a church, and literally there's, a, like, a little tiny yard next door that was our, but that, that property was about six acres of land. And there was a pond way up in the, in the, in the back of the property. And my brother could be way up at the pond, and I could be all the way down at the bottom of the, of the property, and we could just, like, talk like we were standing side by side. It was so cool. And I think one of the reasons that we quit playing with them is because they were just hard to carry around. You know, like, you know, they, they weren't, they were bulky. You couldn't put them in your pocket. And that we, we loved playing with those walkie-talkies because you could, you, could, you could be somewhere and you could talk to someone who wasn't right next to you. It, it, it would reach out and connect with someone who was in a different location than you're in. And in the military, uh, when I joined the military and uh, I started, I, I was a, a tanker, a 19 uh, kilo, which was a, is a M1A1 tanker. We did a lot with communication from tank to tank and, you know, got to play with legit walkie-talkies. And, and you could be miles away, miles away, and you could call in. Uh, to the operations center, to the TOC, the JOC, and you would call in and you would give a request miles and miles away, and it, 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 it worked perfectly every time. Those CB radios are phenomenal. What the, what the military does uh, with their communication skills is pretty, pretty cool, pretty interesting to, to be, be a part of. And I remember we would go into these little cities in Iraq. And I call them cities. Villages, not, not cities. Uh, cities is a real stretch of that word. Uh, like little tiny villages in the middle of nowhere, and we would have information that somebody there had a weapons cache or whatever. So we'd be going in uh, to, you know, kick open a door and see about somebody, wake them up early, you know, terrify some family, um, which is m mostly what we did, just terrify people for no reason a lot of times, bad information. But you had to go check everything out. So we'd be in the middle of nowhere. It'd be like 2 o'clock in the morning. And it'd be pitch black. It's, it's the desert. So if the moon's not out, there's no ambient light. It's dark. A lot of stars in the sky that you didn't know about until you get to a place like that. And we would click that walkie-talkie, CB radio, and we would say, you know, give our location, you know, what we're doing, where we're at, and we would say, turn the lights on. And they would, from miles away, 
drop a phosphorus canister or two or three over that city and literally it would poof, be like daylight in just a second. And those canisters would come flying in and it would just, the parachute would open and it was this big ball of light burning in the sky. And it would give us so many seconds. We'd tell them how long we needed and they would just continually fire them because they knew how long they would burn. They knew how long that we needed to get done what we needed to get done. Really cool to be able to communicate with someone so far away. Well, today I want to talk to you about a different kind of walkie-talkie. How you walk and how you talk. That helps you communicate with someone who is as close as the mention of his name. But can also be very far away at the same time. Who can reach out and touch somebody if they need touched. And I want to show you in the book of Ephesians how Paul told us seven ways to walk. Seven ways in the book of Ephesians he told us how to walk. Seven different ways. And I want to turn your attention to those verses now. The first way, the first way is how we shouldn't walk. And for a lot of us, how we used to walk. And that is found in Ephesians 2 and 2. Ephesians 2 and 2, he says, Wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world. You walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. That you walked according to the course of this world. You walked like this world walked. You used the path of the world. That's how a lot of us used to walk. Matter of fact, all of us used to walk according to the course of this world. And there are times when we can all find ourselves, again, walking according to the course of this world, according to the prince and power of the air. And if we're not careful how we walk, we will all ultimately wind up walking according to the course of this world. Because the course of this world is very powerful. Yeah, it's all around us. The course, of, the way of the world is all around us. We are in the world. We have to endure it, but we are not of the world. And the Bible tells us that many, there are many people on a path. And that path is broad, it's wide, and, and that path is easy to walk on. Like, if you want to walk on it, you can walk on it today. It's, it's simple to find. You don't have to go look for it hard. You can find that wide, broad, easy path to walk on. That's the course of this world. And the Bible tells us that many are they that walk on it. It's, it's full of people. But he says, my, my way is a straight and it's narrow and there are not many who find it. It's straight and it's narrow. It's, it's not as easy to walk according to the course of God's word than it is according to the course of the world. But me and you both know that anything worth having is always upstream. Anything worth value is always against the grain. And we also know that God's word is written countercultural. It is a countercourse. It is the antithesis of what the world wants you to do. That if you find your flesh so eager to walk according to the course of this world, you should know for a fact that that is not the way that God wishes you to walk. 
He tells us how he wishes us to walk in Ephesians 2, the second walk in Ephesians 2 and chapter 10, same chapter, the 10th verse. He says in Ephesians 2, 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Someone say, I am his workmanship. And I was created for good works. Hallelujah. This, this is good because uh, you need to understand that if you're sitting in this room today and you are breathing, living, being on this planet, that you are his workmanship. Exactly how you are right now. Exactly with all your mess, all your troubles, all your trials, all your insecurities, all your idiosyncrasies, everything you've got going on. You are his workmanship, and you were created for his good works. Hallelujah. So I don't even think I could do good works. I've been following the course of this world so long, I don't even think I can manage, manage good works. But you were created for good works. You were created to walk in them. What does that mean? What it means is that when you start walking in the good works, you're going to find out that it's a good fit. Hmm. Let me say it again. When you start walking in the good works, you're going to realize that it's a good fit, that I was made for this. I, I was designed to walk in these good works. Why, how, how has it become so easy for me now to do the things of God when it seemed like to, to do the things that were anti-God were so easy before? But now, now that I'm doing these good things and I'm trying to live a good life and I'm trying to walk, I feel better. I'm happier. I'm, 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 I'm. I'm, I'm walking, I'm walking better, I'm talking better. My conversation has changed because if you walk right, you talk right. I'm, I'm, I'm walking to good works and I was created for these good works. I, God designed me for this, that I am his workmanship and God doesn't make junk. God doesn't make junks. Now, I will tell you this about God. He is a proprietary creator. Do you know what a proprietary creator is? A proprietary creator is someone who creates something. It's created to break down, and they are the only ones who have the parts to fix it. So you got to go back to them and get the parts. You can't buy them nowhere else. That's a proprietary creator. They know that this ain't going to work. It ain't going to work, but for a certain amount of time, it's going to break down, and the only way you can get it fixed is go back to him. Now, God is your workman, but I'm telling you, he's a proprietary creator. He knew you was going to fail. Come on, somebody. Who knew you was going to make mistakes? And he's designed it in such a way, he's the only one that has the parts. Ooh, that's good preaching. He's the only place, he's the only store you can go to. Nobody else has it. Now, you can buy, you can buy some, some, some sideways stuff off Amazon if you want to. Talking about delivery date three months from now. You know why? Because it's coming from a whole different country. It ain't going to work. When you plug it in, it's not going to work. It's going to say, this device is not operational on this phone. Hold up now. I bought this off Amazon. Amazon is right. No, it's not. If you want it to work good and you want it to work right, you got to go back to the creator because the creator has the right stuff to make it right. 
You are his workmanship. He designed you. And so if there's something in your life that is broken, he is the, he is the store. He's the supplier. He is the only Amazon you should be on. You can't go nowhere else and get it. Drugs can't do it. Alcohol can't do it. Promiscuity can't do it. Rebellion can't do it. Deceit can't do it. Disobedience can't do it. Hey, now, it can't do it. You can try every which way. But he said, you're my workmanship. Nobody built you but me. Mm. And you were created for good works. I created you to walk in those good works. When I, when I, when I look at your life, I want to see you walking in the good works that I created you to walk in. Amen. And he said, and when you, when you walk in that good work and you walk in that good calling, he tells us in Ephesians 4 and 1, this is the third walk in Ephesians. Ephesians 4 and verse 1, watch what he says. He says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. He said, and when you walk in those good works, you need to walk worthy of them. Walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Somebody say, walk worthy. worthy. Yeah, if you look that word worthy up in the original text, you're going to see that, uh, that, I'm sorry, I got all kinds of gizmos and gadgets going on over here. What in the world? Okay, here we go. That's helpful. helpful. If you look that word worthy up in the original text, you're going to see that it, it, that word worthy implies a measurement. And when we think what worthy measurement, how does that connect? Well, in the time that this book was written, when you would go to a market, there would be a measure at every location, every uh, person selling flour or spice or whatever it may be. There was a weight that all of them had, and the, the name that they called that weight worthy. And so if you had a scale and you were wanting to buy a pound of flour to go cook you some bread or a pound of wheat, on one end of the scale, they would always put the worthy because that was the guaranteed weight. And if you do some research on this, you'll know that in the marketplaces, there was always the keepers of the market would always go around and continually inspect the worthy and, and to, to, to make sure that this market kept a good reputation. The owners of the marketplace would go around and they would randomly check people's stone of worthiness. They would take it. They had a scale. They knew it was a pound. They would take the word, excuse me, sir, I need to see you're worthy. And if someone said, oh, you know, let me, oh, hold on, let me go. No, no, I want to see that one right there. They would weigh it. If, if that person, if that person, if their stone wasn't worthy, according to the inspector stone, they would be kicked out of the marketplace. Because this market is not going to have a bad reputation of people selling less than a product. And so when he says, I want you to walk worthy, what he's saying is, I want you to be what you say you are. Yeah. <laughs> nine to nine and a half, won't do. <laughs> he said, if you're going to say you're something, be something then. He said, well, I want you to walk worthy. I want you to be the measurement that you say you are. If you say you're this, 
then be that. If you're walking like this, then be that. Don't be false advertising, telling people you, they're getting a pound, but they're only getting three quarters of a pound. So he said, I want you to, don't walk according to the course of this world. I want you to walk worthy of the, I, I, I want you to walk in the good works that you were called to, and I want you to walk worthy of those good works. That your life should exemplify what you say. That your deeds should follow what you believe. Amen. And in the same chapter in Ephesians 4 and 17, he said, I say therefore, Ephesians 4, 17, he said, this I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. So, so he's at the church in Ephesus. He's at the church in Ephesus. He's writing to the church in, in, in Ephesus. And if you want to understand uh, the, this writing in Ephesus, you need to go back to Acts chapter 19 and see when Paul comes to Ephesus for the first time. And, and you have to understand that, that in, in Ephesus, there, there is a church and that church is made up mostly of Gentiles. The church in Ephesus is made up mostly of Gentile people who have no Jewish background. They, they're not professional, you know, religious people. They, they're coming out of all kinds of stuff. They're coming out of witchcraft. They're coming out of idolatry. They're coming out of all kinds. This is Gentile people. They've never walked. You know, they, they, when, when he says don't walk, or he said in times past when you walked according to the course of this world, they knew what he was talking about because these are Gentiles and they never had a relationship with God in any form or fashion. They had a relationship with gods. Balaam and Baal and all kinds of gods that they worshiped in Ephesus. And, and, and if you want to do it, study on it, go look up the, the city of Ephesus around the time that Paul was walking this planet and you'll see all the debauchery that was happening. And there were temples on every corner to this God, temples to that God, goddess Diana, all these different temples, all these different people. And these people were caught up in this stuff. They were living lives full of debauchery. And so he says to them, he said, when you walk, don't walk as other Gentiles who walk in the vanity of their mind. In other words, they are, they are led by only what they think. You got to be careful when you walk according to what you think. Because your brain ain't right. Well, yeah. Now, if you, if you keep reading Ephesians 4 and 17, if you go down uh, to 18, he says, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. And he goes on to verse 20, he said, but ye have not so learned Christ. In verse 21, he said, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. He said, you can't walk in the vanity of your own mind. You need to walk in what you've been taught and what you've learned. What you've taught, what you've been learned. Because a lot of times my mind wants to tell me a way to walk. I just want to walk in what I think. Walk in my emotions, walk in the vanity of my mind. But when I think about what the word says, 
I'd rather walk in the word than walk in my emotions. Let me say that again. And say it in a different way. I'd rather walk in the word than walk in what I think. Because a lot of times what I think ain't right. And just because I'm thinking it don't automatically make it right. Just because it came into my mind doesn't mean it belongs in my mind. Paul said, don't, don't walk according to the vanity of your mind. Just, just walk in how you're thinking. Because every one of us in this room can say, listen, I used to think a certain way. And because I thought a certain way, I walked a certain way. And because I walked a certain way, I talked a certain way. And my walkie was wrong and my talkie was wrong. And I couldn't communicate well with the God of all creation because my walkie-talkie was broken. It wasn't right. I was walking according to what I thought and what I thought was wrong. What I thought about God was wrong. What I thought about other people was wrong. And ultimately, what I thought about myself was wrong. And I, I walked that way and I talked that way because I thought this way. And Paul said, listen, church in Ephesus, I know you come out of all this. I know some of your parents still in this. I know some of your family still in this. I know you still got some Gentiles that you're connected to. They, they not walking like you're walking. But don't walk like them in the vanity of their mind. But walk after what you've learned. Walk after the truth that is in Jesus Christ. Amen. Moving on, Ephesians 5 and 2. This is so good. Ephesians 5 and 2, he tells us this. He said, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for an offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. And walk in love. Mm, that's good. Walk in love. Watch, 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 verse, um, watch verse 3 of Ephesians uh, five and, and Ephesians 5. So Ephesians 5 and 2, he says, walk in love. And then he says in verse 3, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become as saints, neither filthiness nor foolishness talking, nor foolish talking. What? You, you see it, right? Walkie-talkie. You ain't walking right. You ain't going to talk right. Walk in love because if you don't walk in love, you're going to wind up doing some foolish talking. Jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. <laughs> he said, walk in love because if, if you're not walking in love, then you're going to talk foolish and you're going to walk in these unclean ways. And we, we could definitely take verse 2 of chapter 5 and we could say, you know, walk in love for each other. But what, what he's talking about is I need to walk in the love of God. I need to walk in the love of God because when, when you talk about fornication, covetousness, filthiness, foolish talking, not convenient, whoremongers, covetous, idolaters, all this stuff he's going to name in Ephesians 5, deceit, all these things. This is how me and you treat each other. The, the, these are sins against the flesh, sins against you, and sins against God. He said, if you love me, then you'll love your neighbor. Yeah. And, and when you love Christ so much that you won't do these other things to people, that's the kind of love he's talking about. He said, because Christ loved us. Walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for an offering. 
Give yourself for an offering. Walk in love. Let me give you the, the, the description of this love. The, the description of this love is that he gave himself as an offering and a sacrifice to God and a sweet-smelling savor. That's the kind of love that we're talking about. We're not talking about the kind of love that says, oh, man, I love you, but the kind of love that will let you lay down yourself. Selfless love. Not the kind of love that says, oh, I like him, he's cool. When he's on my team, I really love him. You know, when he's in my corner, I really love him. You know, when she's, you know, uh, in, a, in a good mood and she likes me, I like her. Well. But he's somebody that kind of love that is selfless and, and, and backs away from what I want to, to make sure that I'm laying myself down and lifting my life up as an offering, as a sacrifice to God for others. And if I do that, I won't walk in fornication or uncleanness or covet what my neighbor has or walk in filthiness or I won't talk foolishly or jest against my neighbor, which are not convenient, but I'd rather I'll give thanks and I'll praise God. And he says in Ephesians, same, same chapter, Ephesians 5, verses 7 through 8, watch what he says. He says, be ye not therefore partakers with them, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now ye, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Yeah, that means that everywhere you go, you should be the light. You should always walk as a child of the light. In every situation, in every moment in your life, you have to remember that I am a child of the light, so I will walk as a child of the light. And if my walk is right, then my talk is right. And I, I'll walk like a child of the light, and I'll talk like a child of the light. I won't get involved in this other stuff. Amen. Because sometimes the, the, the best witness that you can be is just don't enter into the same activity or conversation as other folks around you. Sometimes that's the best witness you can. You ain't got to stand up on a table and get your Bible out and says, thus saith the word of the Lord. You can just be like, hey, guys, I'm not going to talk about that person like that. For real, why not? Well, because I'm a child of the light. And, and where there's darkness, if it's all light, you know what? It's hard to be a child of the light in here. Because how do we know? We all light. There's a bunch of light going on around here. It's hard to stand out in a lighted room. If someone lit a candle right now, I hope it smells good because it ain't helping us with light. Right? Because right? th there's light in this room. And so if I light a candle in this room, who cares? Hopefully it's from anthropology. It smells delicious. But it ain't helping us none. It's, it's not bringing light to the situation. The only way light works and it's efficacious as if it's in a dark place. So, so you, I, I'm a Christian because I go to church. No, are you a Christian because in dark moments, you shine the light. That's how you really know. When you're surrounded by darkness, if you're the difference, if you are the difference, that's how you know. You, you can't, it's hard to know in here when the music playing and the choir singing and everything's right and everybody's ready and everybody's on your team and we all excited, we all patting you on the back. It's easy to be light there, but when it's darkness and everybody around you is darkness and you say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand out, I'm going to be different. That's when you know that I'm a child of the light. Walk as children of the light. 
And then Ephesians 5, this is the seventh way, this is the last way, seven, these are the seven walks of the book of Ephesians. Ephesians 5 and 15, he says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Not as fools, but as wise. Wisdom. With all you're getting, get understanding, wisdom. Because I know people with knowledge, but they ain't got no wisdom. They know a lot, they just don't know how to express it. And the Lord wants us to walk not, not, not as fools, but as wise. That means, that means I, I know where I'm walking. I know where my feet are, are going. And, and look, I'm, I'm going to break it right down, right down to the house, right here. Don't walk after the way that I ask you to walk just because I ask you to walk that way. Because even that is walking as a fool. Do you know the scripture? Have you searched it out? Do you know the word? Because I know a lot of folks sitting in some good churches right now with some good people, they're not walking correctly because they're just taking everybody's word for it. You know, if the guy has a suit and tie and a microphone, he must be right. But he ain't always right. Sometimes we're preaching tradition and sometimes preaching religions of men. Yeah. And if you know the word, then I'm walking in wisdom and not as a fool. And here's the deal. I say that about, uh, about the church and, and, and about walking in, in, in truth and you knowing the truth, you knowing the word, you studying out for yourself, you living a life of understanding and knowledge and growth on your own. Because here's the deal, if you believe it in here, you believe it out there. I, I believe that sometimes we have forgotten that Jesus told us that in the last days, many false prophets and many false teachers are going to rise up. Everybody ain't right. In the last days, there's going to be, the Bible said, there's, there, there shall many false prophets rise among the people. And many false teachers shall enter the church. And even Jude, in, in, in his book, he, he writes about those that were once like us, but are now preaching heresies. Heresy. He said that they would even turn away from the truth of Jesus. That they would deny Christ. That's, that's what, you know, Peter said this. Peter said in, 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 in uh, his, his, his uh, writing in Peter 1, 2, and 3, Peter says that we should try the spirit, test the spirit, right? And here's, here, here's the test. You know, like here's the, here's the drop of red, and if it turns blue, it's good. If it turns another color, it's not. This is, this is the litmus test. This is the, this is the test of, of is it God or is it not God? Here's what Peter said. He said, try the spirit, test the spirit. He said, for every spirit that saith that Jesus Christ come in the flesh is the spirit of God. And every spirit that saith that he come not in the flesh is the spirit of the Antichrist. And, and, and that's it. 
There ain't but two spirits in the world, though. There ain't five, 10, 15, 20 spirits. Two spirits. The spirit of light and the spirit of darkness. That's it. And there is no gray spirit. You know what I mean? There's no like middle of the ground spirit. Like, I'm going to connect with this spirit because it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Like, if it ain't all truth, it's all lie. And when he's saying, I want you to walk as wise, meaning he wants you to have understanding. I want you to know. I want you to grow. I want you to read so that when the person is standing in front of you who's smart, intelligent, charismatic, looks good, sounds good, must be telling the truth, when he starts talking, you're like, that's not in the Bible. That's not what is said. When they start saying things like, you are God. You don't need God. You are God. That ain't in the Bible. Where did you get that from? Where'd that come from? We hear people start saying stuff. You know, really, we're not doing this for God today. We're really doing it for us. This is, this, is, this is all about us, you know, because we need this. God doesn't need this. We need this. Where's that in the Bible? God doesn't need it. He wants it. He demands it. He inhabits the praises of his people. This ain't about us. But that spirit is in the church. I'll tell you how we know that spirit's in the church when people say, well, I ain't like that song. I don't like when they sing that. I don't like when they sing that style. I just like, all I like is gospel. I don't like all that CCM. Some of y'all don't know what CCM is, but you hate it. You don't know what you hate, but you hate it. Like literally somebody called me the other day. Well, they didn't call me. They, they posted something on one of my posts that I made. You know, people just being people, dying to help them. Come on, what about this and that? What about this song? And I, I was like, literally, this song is quoting the exact scripture from the Bible. Literally, this whole song is the actual scripture. All they did was take the scripture. This is plagiarism. <laughs> they took the scripture out of the Bible, put music to it, and sang it. But because you don't like them, you, this, this false, false singing. How can it be false? It's the Bible. You know, the disciples said, Jesus, they're over there, and they're talking about you, and we don't know them. Let's, let's kick them out. Let's tell them to stop. Jesus said, wait a minute, hold up. They, they're preaching my name? He said, yeah. He said, you don't know them? No, we ain't never seen them before. He said, leave them alone. He said, no, but we, he said, no, no, no. If they're not against me, they're for me. It got to use a worm, a donkey, a whale. Well. I can use it. It's wisdom. The wisdom is when you hear something to go, oh, hold up. Wait a minute. That ain't right. Don't walk as fools. Walk in wisdom. That's why if you got the Holy Ghost and you know the word of God in your heart, there, are, there is some music you do not need to listen to. These folks was quoting satanic scriptures out of Alice Krauss's Bible. If you don't know who Alice Krauss is, go look up the satanic Bible. Do as thou wilt. That's his, that's his thing. Do as thou wilt. Do what you want to do. Just do it. That's Alison Krauss's voice. And when you got people rapping, singing, and quoting it, 
Yeah, that's demonic. That's Satan. That's evil. But if you're a fool, you're like, man, this is awesome, man. Yeah. That's walking as a fool. And if you walk as a fool, watch what he said. If you walk as a fool, in Ephesians 5 and 15, then Ephesians 5 and 4, no fool is talking, you'll talk like a fool. Those that walk like fools talk like fools. Your walkie-talkie is broken. You're not connecting with heaven, and you're not connecting with God because the way you walk and the way you talk are broken. He said it in Ephesians 2 and 3. He said, among whom also we have had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh. Our, our talk was in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of flesh and the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. That was our conversation. In Ephesians 4, 22, 24, he says that ye put off concerning the former conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that ye put on the new man, which is after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. He tells us in Ephesians 4 and 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Because if you walk right, you'll talk right. I can tell, by the, I can tell how you're walking by the way you're talking. <laughs> yeah, I, can, I, I know how your walk is because I hear how your talk is. Because you'll let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but just edifying words and words that minister grace into the hearers. We've all heard people that have corrupt communication and corrupt conversation and that tear down people all the time, that always bring a negative word no matter what you say. You can say you climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. They climbed it twice barefooted on a Sunday. They always got something negative to say. You bring somebody up, they immediately start talking negative about them. You bring up anything, they leave, start the corrupt communication. Well, I don't really need to know how they walking because I hear how they talking. Walkie, talkie. <laughs> how's your walkie? Because it's going gonna, it's gonna to determine how's your talking. And you cannot communicate with heaven up above if, it ain't, if it's not working. You can't just try to talk the game and not walk the game. We need to walk wise. We need to understand. We need to learn. We need to grow. We need to communicate. We need to read God's word. Talk to God. Let God talk to us. Let him reveal his word to us. Let, let us see our own error as we look at God's word. Let us, let us study the word with open hearts and open minds to the point where we say, God, if I see it and it convicts me, I'll live by it. I'll walk in it. I'll, I'll bend my will to your will because I want to walk right and I want to talk right. Man, would you stand with me?
one more verse and I'm, I'm going to close. Ephesians 5, beginning in 17. Watch what he says in Ephesians 5, beginning in 17. He says, Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Don't, don't be unwise, but try to understand what the will of God is for your life. And, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Here he goes. He's going to tell us how to talk now. This is how, this is how we talk. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Uh, that's how we should speak. We should speak in psalms and hymns and we should be edifying. I don't want to walk as a fool. And, and, and if the spirit is on me, it's the spirit. It ain't, it ain't wine. Or things of this world that would excite us, intoxicate us. But we should sing praises unto the Lord. And if you can't sing it out loud, baby, make a melody in your heart. <laughs> Amen. Make your melody in your heart unto the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Yeah, that's how we do that. We get our walk right, we'll get our talk right. Amen. Lord, I want to walk like you want me to walk because I want to talk like you want me to talk. Can we pray together, Lord? I thank you for your I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.